And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And joining me today, one of my all-time favorite former stars. You know what? The other night, they showed him on the scoreboard. Looks like he could, uh, you know, swing about a period still between the pipes. It's Marty Turco. How are you, my friend? Good, Gavin. Uh, Spitz, we'll call you Spitz. Spitz, you can call me Spitzy. Hey, have I graduated into hockey? If I have a hockey name, Spitzy? I like that. Well, I, I think you did. That, that's just the natural evolution. I, I think you've been into the hockey, just not just from your uh, support of the sport, the support of the sport and of the stars. Um, you know, you know, you know your crap, dude. So yeah, you you you're in now. You got a nickname, so it's cool. Full, yeah. You know, Spitzy kind of sounds like a third line agitator, which I kind of dig. You know. Especially the other yeah. night going up against Boston. That was a rough crowd, sir. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a rough crowd, and that's a fast, big team. They're good. There's a reason why they're winning. And um, I don't like your chances as a third-line agitator. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm from the Boston area, grew up there, and I've always wanted to talk to you about the transition from you went from – Dallas for numerous years and then all of a sudden you're playing in two original six cities in Chicago and Boston you know the mindset of a player going from one city to you know two massive hockey towns what what were the biggest differences well let's let's think it's, it's definitely hard to compare to the original six and, and big math of hockey towns but Dallas is holding their own especially as of late and winning yeah. the cup in 99 is been a few voids here and there. It's just hard to hard to match up against original six. But going to them, I mean, shit, both those teams were um, coming on the heels of winning cups. You know, the Hawks in ten and in the in the Bruins in, in eleven. And so, uh, you know, I'm kind of used to being around when teams have won cups and the and the pressure that goes along with it and expectations, which I you know I enjoy. Two totally different experiences. Um, not not saying from a hockey perspective because those those are both awesome. But you know the Blackhawks, I was signed there and and and, and coveted and uh, expected to be the starter. And then you know Blackhawks, I signed when Tuca and and actually Doby got hurt. He was in the minors. I was playing in Austria and getting ready to retire. And then they called me up, so I was there for eight weeks. Had a cup of coffee. It was cool. They wanted to win the division and they didn't want to um you know play the crap out of timmy thomas we were both the same age so they needed a couple extra games played a few more wins and uh i helped them out uh, a little bit got to wear the bruins jersey number one first time in my life and uh but it was great but chicago was awesome um you know that team was special both teams were really special actually and um you know just to get a chance to play with some names that'll go into the hall of fame uh, most notably, you know, Tane and Kays, uh, yeah. you know, my boys yeah. and Kays, man, I really just think the world of that human being and, um, a little more outgoing than the Bergeron in, in Boston. Super. I mean, that guy's just a legend and, um, you know, the way he played. And so it was, it was, it was just good, man. It was good. And Zidane Char, man, this was a lot of guys couldn't have been any nicer. Um, really and did enjoy my time, but. As you said, uh, probably 95% of my career was in one place and I'm proud to be a Dallas star forever. With the random Austria, were you, what part of Austria? Was it the Vienna area? No, it was Salzburg. Okay. The, 
one of the original Red Bulls. I was not only played for the Red Bulls in two different instances that season. Uh, in order to get me back over there, they made me a Red Bull athlete. And um, I was like, all right, me and Lindsey Vaughn and Ricky Fowler, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just must be such a great, like, one-of-a-kind of ex- experience just to say, like, hey, you know what? I get I get paid to be in Europe for a bit. Yeah. I, I, it, was, it was awesome. Nice. <laughs> I that- recommend it. I recommend it. <laughs> they don't do that in broadcasting, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. So early in the career, so – you went undrafted as as far as junior hockey, but then you signed. Um, is that one of the reasons that, you know, because I wanted to ask you this because you had such success at University of Michigan. And nowadays it seems as though, like, you know, there are two paths, junior hockey, straight up, like a Wyatt Johnston or junior hockey into the minors and try to make your way, get into the AHL, and then hopefully pop up to the NHL. But we're seeing a transition where a lot of kids are going the college route. They're Even if they're high draft picks, they're saying, you know what, teams are saying, let's put you in college. Um, you know, w- what was your decision into, you know, I'm going to go University of Michigan rather than I'm going to continue on this junior hockey route? <laughs> well, it's not very complicated, so um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it between the lines here. Um, I grew up watching junior hockey, uh, you know, NHL and Wayne Gretzky rolled through town when I was two, three years old, uh, you know, Bobby Probert and, and Rick Tockett. And then we even billeted players, man. Like our family hosted um, these junior kids at our house and they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're grown men to me when I was, you know, middle school and, and looked up to them and I, Went to a lot of games. My grandfather was the second longest season ticket holder in, in franchise history in our hometown. And so I wanted to play for our hometown team. Of course, you know, I looked up to them, but not getting drafted and kind of just peaking late in terms of skill, size, and uh, preparation, both physically and mentally. Um, you know, when it came time as my game uh, was in order to play junior, um, I was a year ahead of, you know, I'd missed the, like my 17 year, like my draft year to the NHL. And, um, then I actually went to camp, um, to the, to the Guelph storm camp, which was really close to the town. I was going to play junior B in, in order to get a, hopefully get a scholarship, which I've already been, it was offered one at the time out of midget, um, you know, U16, mm-hmm. um, to, to, it wasn't actually would be U17 then with age goes but to michigan tech you know where john scott went and tony esposito which is the reason why we're the number 35 um from my hometown hall of famer in the nhl and, yeah. and anyway i just yeah. it's just all going pretty fast and i said i want to go get i want to go to cambridge and figure this thing out take my time and i went to junior camp you only get 48 hours in order to attend camp if you want to keep your eligibility and uh this gm there mike something um I was just like, can I ask you a question? You know, my, I practiced for two days and, and he's like, um, yeah, what is it? I was like, so tell me what I'm doing here. He's like, you know, if you want to be on the team, you can be on the team. We'd love to have you. There's a kid your age. You guys have battled for the job. He has it and take it away from him. I'm like, all right, here's the deal. So in two years, I need to uh, get drafted to the NHL, uh, beat out Sparky MacArthur and, and get an NHL job. That's what I'm doing here. He's like, yeah, honestly, that's pretty much what you're doing. 
I was like, great. I'm going to go get one of those scholarship things. Shook him, shook his hand, stood up and walked out of there. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, that crazily, I went and was fortunate enough to play right at the right moments when coaches were watching Red Berenson in particular and, and had a good junior year and um, we didn't win the championship, but we got close. And, and not only did I get, get a scholarship to Michigan, which changed my life forever, I also got drafted by the Dallas Stars right out of junior B. So they called my name, Marty Turco, fifth round, uh, playing for the Cambridge Winterhawks. I was sleeping at the time, but um, there was a, a lot transpired in about, you know, a nine-month span that uh, really shaped uh, the trajectory of my life. And um, I'll forever be grateful for those is that pre decisions decisions. Is that pre-text message when your draft was taking place? In other words, yeah, you were asleep. How did you find out? Um, so that particular year, I had to look this up. It was in Hartford. <clears throat> the draft it was 1994, so way before text message. Thank you for the kind words. <laughs> and um, and and um, you know, Craig Button and uh, who was that? Uh, Long time head scout here. Another fun story of how I kind of blew him off, not on purpose. I was just being sincere, but, um, oh man, old goalie, what's his name? Anyway, he, they called me from the draft floor, but you know, that then the, you know, the first two rounds were on TV at night on Saturday night in June. And then the next morning, everybody gets up hungover and I start going through the list and they're like, all right, third round, let's go. There's nobody there. I'm sure there's a few knucklehead hockey players with zeal- overzealous parents wanting to go up in the draft, which I didn't think I was going to get drafted, nor would care less. It's, you know, it's trivial at the end of the day. But um, they call me and they're like, hey, yeah, we're at the draft table. Took your fifth round. And I was sleeping. My mom gave me the phone. I'm like, with, actually, we had a really cool new invention called the cordless home phone. That was pretty neat. <laughs> on it. She gave me that. And that's how I found out. But I was so like, just got up and I wasn't sure, you know, who I was talking to and what just happened? I'm like, man, I think I got drafted. She's like, what? I'm like, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure, but I think I just got drafted. Wow. <laughs> that was it. That's... I was on a, Gavin, I was on a waterbed, no less. Just to. Oh, wow. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Waterbed. You had the waterbed or your parents had the waterbed? It was my bed. Damn. You were living good, man. That was like oh. back, back then waterbeds. Wow. Yeah. My, my, my dad's, you know, a great dude, kind of an idiot sometimes. And he filled that thing up so much. I mean, <laughs> if if my even if if Kelly, my then girlfriend, now wife, if she even was sitting on the bed, I jumped on it. I would launch her almost into the ceiling fan. <laughs> I don't know how we look back in history and think that was good for our backs. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see any research. Yeah, research. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, so was it Michigan or was it prior to Michigan? Because I always think it's great when, and still to this day on Hockey Night in Canada, your name will be mentioned as far as goaltenders with that extra defenseman on the ice as far as uh, puck possession and puck handling and getting it out of the zone. And you are known as one of the all-time greats. So how did that come about? And as far as like, you know, learning that and the confidence was it someone that you looked up to that's i gotta be like that and it's pretty cool to see so many goalies emulating um what you did back when you played well to um 
you know, you're a little bit leading the witness, but all that's quasi true. There's people I look up to, like, uh, you know, Ron Hextall in the 80s, not, I mean, 90s too. I mean, I wrote him a letter when I was, you know, middle school. Um, I think he just scored his goal and, and he wrote back actually. And, and, you know, I was a good athlete. I, I just wasn't strong enough to, with, with wooden sticks, you know, when I was younger, even first year or two of high school, just to shoot the puck. I mean, that stuff equipment wasn't made for it. It was heavy. The stick was heavy. I was a little pipsqueak and, um, you know, so just really couldn't do it uh, very well. Not that I wasn't trying. And, you know, the one thing probably I'll educate you and, and what most people, why I get a lot of credit other than just, you know, what they witnessed on the ice and in highlights or game film um, of me zinging it around and moving the puck side to side, forehand and back end is the, 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 the difference that I made was I, I changed the style and how we play it, you know, to play hockey with your thumbs pointing down the shaft while as a goalie with a 13 degree lie where players are, you know, six around there, six degree lie. You know, I turned my thumb up the shaft with my goalie, with my catch glove and in order more like a claw. And that just instantly made me more athletic. And then it turned out that it gave me uh, better flat passes. Um, but the dispersion of my, of me playing the puck came from probably 25 degrees to about probably 70 degrees. So I had more nimbleness to what, how I can do it and change uh, where I was shooting it to throw off four checkers or guys coming on me, or I'll just look people off. And then, and really important for me is that then I had a backhand. I can really grab the stick with one with my catch glove, which is not designed to hold a stick and uh, get it up on the glass and get it on there hard and move it from one side to the other with efficiency and direction that would allow confidence in my defensemen and coaches for that matter, where most goalies can just play it, um, you know, on the forehand with mm-hmm. very limited, um, you know, line of shot. As soon as you start aiming somewhere, it's kind of got to go there. I'm not saying guys can't pass it really well, which they can. Like Martin Berdura, he was awesome. I enjoyed playing with him and passing with him in the Olympics and World Championships and All-Star Games. But, you know, everybody flipped the hand over. And so, you know, I was the first to do it, and that changed – my game it changed our game in our defensive zone and we weren't really big on analytics but we all we just knew that we spent way less time in our zone and way more time in the other zone therefore we're winning and um that was the that was the simplistic way of our analytics but uh it was it was about confidence and you know looking up to guys like kirk mcclain in vancouver who you know was my favorite in high school which is really impressionable years couldn't play like him but he was a cool customer. And, um, and then finally, when I switched my hand over near the end of college and uh, just worked at it every day, every day and uh, got the stick, right. and got the glove, right. And then when I got to Dallas, you know, Eddie was moving the puck, you know, pretty um, confidently and um, you know, had some, had uh, some space given to him from hitch and, and really Rick Wilson, the D coach. And so that just kind of helped paved the way for me to what you end up watching and our fans did for, you know, a decade of uh, getting out there to wield the puck and to give ourselves the advantage. Usually on most nights, it wasn't without a, a gaff, you know, here and there, but, um, you know, we utilized it to our advantage and it was really a lot to do with skating ability, which was my dad gave me when I was young, but uh, turning the hand over to make a difference of how I played it. And, and uh, I mean, I see every kid around the world pretty much plays a puck like I did and, mm-hmm. um, kind of got like some paternal pride, you know, every now and then I look at people and uh, I might be sitting at home and someone makes a great play and, like that. And I'm just like, you're welcome. Yeah. So, so just, you know. does it, does it become, 
you know, as a guy who played numerous years in the NHL, does it become when you hear that you're mentioned on Hockey Night in Canada? I've always wondered this with hockey players growing up in Canada. And for those that don't know, that would be the equivalent of Sunday Night Football or, I mean, basically, you know, Saturday night stops in Canada. People watch the Canadian teams. They have amazing programming. Um, I get a lot of my intel from watching and then doing further research on that. I don't know why a lot of the information doesn't come south of the border to America, but their insight's amazing. And so when you're playing and you get the Hockey Night in Canada towel, I mean, does that bring the kid in you or is it just like, you know, is that one of those, hey, I have arrived moments or is it just one of those things that you kind of get used to? Mm, I never got used to it because I probably didn't, I didn't play Canada in the playoffs enough. Played Canada a lot, you know, especially Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. And uh, man, I kept watching it. Like just what you're describing. It's not even, it's not even like just playing Sunday night football. It's like being the only game on TV for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, almost like the Super Bowl every Saturday night. And growing up, there's only one game a week was on Saturday night. So, you know, I got really, really fond memories um, of of Saturday night as a kid with my dad, you know, family home. Right. You know, having dinner and sitting down. And uh, for me, it was a, you know, a cold, a tea that we'd make at dinner and, you know, had some sugar and some milk in it and would sit there. And after the first, we'd go get it and be cold, but it was still great. And and uh hostess chips you know barbecue is my my jam so um you know it was unbelievable to watch usually toronto but you get montreal and and then the the western late game was was awesome as the older i got that's why i really i could stay up and watch vancouver a lot and kirk mclean was yeah he's special awesome in 1994 and so anyway yeah dude hockey night canada is something crazy like um it's really hard to fathom. Yeah. So you uh, grew up watching. Cool yeah, is, yeah. yeah. You grew up watching Don Cherry and, you know, with his videotapes and, uh, and then all of a sudden Don Cherry, you know, when you're playing calls you the smartest goalie in the NHL. <laughs> that was pretty cool. He knows what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumping your skates right now, man. You know, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Get, getting you back into it. <laughs> uh, it was really cool, dude. No, that's, wow. that's badass. And now you're, you're an just, on, you're just regurgitating Don Cherry. He's a man. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to do is, is like, put it in, you know, put it in perspective. I think one of the things Marty is, is that you're extremely fan friendly. You walk around, you run the Dallas stars foundation, you know, you have a lot of things going on. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at your, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, you should have won a Vesna. Um, yeah, I look back at those days and it's like, you know, we had a hell of a goalie here and, uh, you know, that kind of leads me to my next is we have a hell of a goalie here now in, uh, in Jake Ottinger. Tell me what you see from a goalie's perspective when you watch Jake. Well, we, we, there's a, there's a few similarities from us. Like Kevin, you know, he was around for a while, you know, watched the cup run and was up and is back in the minors. And, you know, I kind of say he deserved his opportunity. Um, you know, when I left college, I was older, I was 23 and, and went to the minors for a couple of years. Game one for me wasn't until 25. So, you know, a little bit of an age discrepancy in terms of when to get in the gig, but, 
Jake for being as 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 young as big as he is. Um, the kid's got talent, and, and you know, there's that's not what separates him because there's a there's a I would say a lot, but more than a few uh, people have his pedigree. But what they don't have is his ability to um, remain calm, to welcome the welcome the pressure, to want it, to be a gamer, and um, and just just instill confidence in his teammates. Honestly, that's that's the number one thing I see. I could just tell when he's playing and you know moving around. Um, that I mean, I don't just sit in the crowd. I got, makes me feel better about the game, and I know what it does to the guys on the bench. And I think he really relishes that as I did. And fortunately for you, me, the stars, our fan base, um, man, we might have a really good run here with a really good kid and that deserves all he could get in terms of notoriety, financial commitment from the stars and all that, because uh, he's, he's just good, man. He's, he's, he's a generational goalie that um, hopefully plays here for a long time, breaks all the records and, brings home the next championship. Not to bring up age, but has he said, oh yeah, I, I grew up watching you? <laughs> uh, you might be too young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the, you know, the other aspect I wanted to talk to you about, because he's not mentioned a lot, but with multiple coaching changes, Jeff Reese has been there for years as far as through the bishops, through now the Ottingers. Um, what, Tell us about Jeff as a goaltender coach, you know, former player, and what he's been like for this organization. I mean, you're right. He's he's been a stalwart, and um, I think our run of goalies, I mean, not almost almost historically, you know, in this organization, I feel like we just always had a goalie, and and um, you know, his run's been good. You know, I wouldn't say the goalies are you know, really to blame by any means. And, you know, from, you know, Kari and Bish, uh, you know, Bish was, had some, he's really good goalie. And I wish he was still playing actually. He's just so talented and yeah. a great puck mover, but, um, you know, getting Dobie ready, um, you know, then taking on Holpe. Um, he was playing great until he just, you know, wasn't, he was in the infirmary as well. And, and just knowing that he had this, this this kid coming along and from day one he was like mm, just gotta work on him just gotta work on him and and uh his first little while he, he definitely was he wanted it so bad you could tell that you know jeff was working on him but just to just remain patient and just trust himself because he's really has that talent and uh, man it, it, it when it came it came quick and it seems like it's here to stay and there might have been a small lull already this season where he kind of reverted back after maybe an injury to you know, just being a little anxious and excited. But Jeff Reese has done a wonderful job with our goalies. Uh, I know when I talk to him, I feel calmer and, and a little more zen moment. He just has a good personality um, and kind of let things roll off the back, just like most goalies uh, do. So I think him and Jake work really, really well together. And, and, and Wedgie, too. Um, it's not hard to like Jeff and the work and the and, and all the stuff he does it and feel good about your game coming to the rink, whether you need a little help or, you know, you're riding high and just got to keep the, keep riding that wave. Um, he's, he's a good dude for us to have. So now post-career, we go into Kingsville Brewery and the deliciousness <laughs> known as Kingsville. How mm-hmm. does a guy who played net and retired want to get involved in 
the beer industry, because especially the craft beer industry, because when you got into it, you know, highly competitive shelf space is a premium. How did that come about? Well, are you taking questions? Because that sounds like my wife asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I totally like what what the F are you doing? (laughs) We got a good life here. We're good. We're good. All right, you, so you, you paraphrased. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know much, right? It was it was born out of uh, my cousin making me a beer, saying, hey, maybe we can do this. We can start local. And now we have aspirations of being not just in two countries, but, you know, be national. Um, but, you know, when you bring up the competition part of it, you know, that's where that's the part I enjoy. Um, camaraderie, team-like atmosphere, love it. Building a brand, I know I know nothing, right? Um, I'm a quick learner. I like I like to work. Um, I obviously like to take chances based on just how I played the puck and played my game. So there's a lot of similarities involved with. But we talk about shelf space and 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 the competitive market for premium brands. I'm like, listen, if we have a good product. Um, We'll figure out ways to survive. Uh, of course, you know, money and good partners, which we do have, very fortunate um, to have, you know, good people in our corner um, that believe in us. And, but, you know, they believe in, um, that they tell me anyways, they, you know, they say, hey, they believe in people um, and a good story and great packaging and, and and really good juice. Our beer, our brewmaster really does make good beer. I know you've had it. And no, it's good. It's one, thing, it's one thing just to say it, but, you know, we might have the best starting lineup in North America for the five beers that we do have on the shelves. And so it's been fun, man. Um, I'm a dreamer and uh, I like working with great people. Um, Like I said, uh, I'll never know as as much as a lot of people in this industry and don't pretend to. So I look at bringing good people uh, along for the ride and, and, uh, and listening and learning. And so uh, not much different than when I got here, man, I turned pro and, and I'm like, just won a national championship in college hockey and more wins than anybody. And, I was feeling pretty darn good about my game, but rolling the camp and I got future all famer and Ed Belfort and goes and wins a cup that year. Then you got Roman Turk. I've never seen any goalie like this guy. Nobody could score on him. He's played some of the best games ever as a Dallas star goalie guy was legendary. And Manny Fernandez was here too. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm like, who's, who's this guy? This guy looks like a goalie. I would build from a computer you know, from a computer, this guy is just the way he moved, the way he, his size, the way he stood, the way he held his gloves. And I was like, man, I, what am I going to do? I'm like, I'm not ready for this crap. And uh, Mike Bales too. He was my partner in, in the, in the minors. He's a, he was a Buckeye. Uh, he had 35 when I got here. He reluctantly gave it to me after our first year. And um, thank goodness. Cause I wouldn't have Turkle 35s at love field if, if it wasn't for yeah. me. Yeah, and, uh, so anyway, it's it's just it was a it was a great ride, and, and to do something with my cousin and be a family type business, which it's we're slowly growing out of um, that. It's uh, it's super fun, and so beers are medium. Um, I mean, a lot of great people doesn't come without its challenges and its headaches, and I had to quickly learn I can't jersey people at the grocery store and take my beers off the shelves. So <laughs> Got to do it a different way, Smith. So uh, yeah, it's. Little good learning curve, and uh, proud to say we're getting ready to really uh, expand and um, do some wonderful things in this marketplace, and hopefully to other markets soon thereafter. So, more Moro's a fan of the product too. 
Moro drinks it. I like yeah, it. Moro's a fan of Moro's a fan of a lot of products. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey man, he deserves it. He deserves it. That he does. that, he does. that he's, cup he's run you guys made. That was a good group of guys with uh, Robida and and you and Moro and it was just that was a special time. Um and yeah, uh, we were good, man. We were good. Yeah. No, I'd be remiss if I didn't say like and, and you know listen, I, I I'm not blowing smoke. The greatest goalie exchange I've ever seen was you against Nabokov in that amazing OT playoff thriller where it didn't matter that it was 1.30 in the morning. The fact was we were going to go, and I there was a part of me that didn't want it to end. I know you wanted it to end, but I was like, <laughs> my God, this is amazing to the fact that I think you both made a save where it had to be reviewed because it might have been goals because your glove – just the speed of the puck going almost your glove almost passed the line, but you couldn't yeah. see the puck. And I remember those movements and I'm like, God, how fast was that reaction that it's almost going to be a goal based on the glove, not the puck. It was, it was crazy, man. And, and you know, everybody stands up in overtime as everybody knows. And yeah. my life was, you know, my little guy was born in August that summer. So she, you know, went to late May and she's standing there. She didn't leave either. I, I was doing better than she was. And um, I was ready to do it all night, man. I, we worked our butts off. I was in great shape. I was looking for those moments. And, and you never know when a four overtime game is going to come. And I already played in one the year before. And I played in a five overtimer and lost both of those. So I was ready to, do, uh, you know, lock it down to 6 a.m. And, and uh, until someone finally scored and, Obviously, as everybody knows, like, you know, Moro is my hero and uh, was all of ours that night. And he deserved it for the way he played and the way he sacrificed himself and led us fearlessly yeah. into a lot of, lot of battles, um, regular season and playoffs. He was, it was good, man. We, we had good times, but you just, you dream of that, you know, with Hockey Night Canada of, of making that save when it mattered most in overtime. If, usually it's game seven of the Stanley Cup finals, but I'll tell you, um, even when it's game six of the, of the, semifinals it's like all right this is pretty cool too yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know what nabokov's name doesn't get mentioned enough so you know plug to him because no. he was a heck of a He's, goalie he was i mean they were winning division championships and we wanted them and i mean some years that guy was playing 72 74 yeah. games i was playing 68 72 one year 74 <laughs> like we had some on, awesome battles, man. People ask, you know, they're like, what, what's what's the place that you don't, that you love playing at that nobody would ever think of? I'm like, San Jose. San Jose. The Shark Tank was packed. Yes. Hockey people. They knew the game. They had a great team. They hated me. I loved it. Like, I loved it. It was it was a, a, a rival as well. So, yeah. You know, yeah. The games you circled on your calendar, man. And, and it always helps when you got a goalie down there. You just... You don't have to look him in the eye and be like, all right, it's on the night. <laughs> yeah, and you played against Career, and I hope he turns San Jose around because I agree with you. I've been in that barn. Those are good fans. Um, yeah, they, it's, they not, it's not easy, but it's not easy. He's a BU Terrier, so we'll uh, – <laughs> Hey, Ottinger's a BU Terrier too. i got to ask him about the bean pot. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, the, the, those two schools that you playing at this year, like Northeastern won – uh, I don't think BU or BC was even in the finals. No, got it right. Yeah, yeah, it's a Harvard, Northeastern, BU, BC every single year. It's a, a special yeah, tournament. But I mean, you Michigan guys between you and State, and you know, I mean, 
Michigan Tech was good. And, you know, remember the old player uh, Chris Connor went to, uh, I think he was a Tech yeah. guy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he, Minnesota. He a tech guy. I mean, Lake, Lake State had a lot of players. Yeah. Before. 12 years. I mean, Minnesota, Wisconsin, those are Big Ten clubs. They were great. And uh, the Hobie Baker came out of Bowling Green my freshman year. Brian Holzinger, where Mike Johnson was playing there at the time, too. It's like, you know, Dan Boyle played at Miami, where my daughter's at. Miami of Ohio, like um, RCCHA, the West, the Hockey East, man, there was, it was great. Every team seemed to have, have a good one. And then we we played Princeton one year. Jeff Halpern was on the team. Oh, in, um, yeah. Quarterfinal of the tournament. You know, that was their one chance they had in his four years. And, you know, we snuck away with a 2-1 win at home. So um, I didn't feel bad for him when I started, when I played with him years <laughs> later. Future NHL coach, Jeff Halpern, for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen uh, real soon. All right, quick funny story that involves Kingsville. Marty invited me out, and we went to Moxie's, and we were watching the World Junior Championships, USA versus Canada, and uh, it was a good game. Uh, and I was sitting next to a Kingsville employee uh, who was really smart, and I happened to mention during. Um, I think it was like the second or third period, you know, it was just a break. And I was like, I was like, you know, one of the things is I was never a good enough athlete to wear my country. And you were fortunate. You did it a a few times. And I said, I've never been able to represent, you know, my country. I think that'd be really cool. And we were talking all night and she said, it is really cool. And I was like, oh, did you play sports? And she said, yeah. Well, she said, no, I was a pageant. Uh, I was in pageants and I said, okay. I was like, what, what part of Canada? And she said, Canada. And I said, what part of Canada? (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, I represented Canada. And I was like, oh, where'd you represent Canada? And she goes, uh, last year at Miss Universe pageant, Marty totally (laughs) buried the lead as far as inviting me out that I would be sitting next to a Miss Universe candidate. I was so smooth. I mean, granted, the age difference was ridiculous, but I was smooth. I was having a great. I was like, this girl is so cool. She's so down to earth. She's smart and everything like that. That's so cool. I got to sit next to her. As soon as I found that out, I clammed. I could not. I had no, nothing left. Uh, oh, Spitzy. <laughs> yeah. It happens, man. It happens. Yeah, that was funny, man. It was fun to see you all tongue-tied, but she was uh, – she's good. She's on the – Bigger and better things. Yeah. And, um, she was, I mean, Canadian. She played hockey, had a business degree. She was run marketing. And uh, yeah, she was she, she was awesome. And so it was fun to see you get all, you know, quiet there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that story. All right. So when I go to Dallas Love Field, uh, I'm going to go yeah. early because I can now go to Turco 35. And how badass is that, that you have your own bar now inside? So you got to pass security of Dallas Love Field. How did that come about? Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I never wanted to pretend I didn't have a an ego. I mean, I can't play in the National League without one as a goalie. You know, I, I was. I had one, right? And whether good or bad, but kind of thought it was gone and, until we I opened, we opened Turco 35 at Love Field. And darn right, I'm like, man, that feels good. It's neat. And um you know, it's it's my family name. It's the number I wore, and, and uh, you know, it's here. So very fortunate to have good partners um, that have been in the business for twenty five years um, that do stuff at airports all across the country. And 
there's like they asked me if this is something I was interested in. Of course, I'm like, yeah, you know, not just because of my uh resurrected ego, but um, you know, for the brewery and and uh it was just neat. And and, and for, for hockey too, you know, we don't have much presence in the airports, and so we're working on all that um for our hockey club, um, you know, myself, our brands, but more importantly, just have a really good place for people to hang out. And uh you as you know. Gav, not just because you're from Boston, I'm Canada, but um, you know the best part of our sport is is certainly is live hockey is mm-hmm. the best, but but also it's passionate fans and um, hockey is a place to get together, grab a cold one, and um, you know and just enjoy the good times and, and nothing better than traveling, right? And when things go smoothly, <laughs> and uh, now you can now you can pop in Love Field and and crap, go up in a great Kingsville and enjoy with your family and friends or colleagues or even just strangers and hopefully uh hockey fans alike and so it's uh, a lot a lot of correlation similarity for me and i'll tell you that, that it, it does feel pretty good and so we sent some frame stuff over there we'll start uh dressing it up uh over time um but but it's uh very very lucky just like the every year i had here in dallas i'd I have good partners and good teammates, and it uh, doesn't work without them. Now that's badass. I did see a stock photo with you pouring some Kingsville, and there were two good-looking people in the stock photo enjoying themselves laughing. And I said, you know, Marty could have just called me. I, I totally would have sat in. I wouldn't have charged him or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're uh, they're like AAC prices. I don't make the rules, okay? I don't yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and uh, just for anybody listening out there, I do have my TABC, you know, smart serves. So ah, nice. Nice. And, uh, but it's a cool spot. I look forward. We'll do some good PR and have some fun with it. So we'll kind of stay attuned for social media here in the next little while. We'll probably do like a, a day trip down to Austin or um, something fun where we get in there and kind of film it all with good hockey fans and uh, have some travels, have some beers, have some laughs. And so if we can't, uh, you know, stay out of trouble. Also on this program, guys, we talk about, you know, supporting hockey and DFW. So support Kingsville Brewery when you see it in the stores. You know, you can go online and see store locations, who's carrying it in town. If you're at the airport, you can go to Turco 35 and grab a Frosty and help out uh, uh, Marty. And the other thing is you can also support the Dallas Stars Foundation, which Marty leads and does a great job with. And uh, you guys seriously are doing some amazing things in the uh, in the community. It's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, a lot of people support our fifty fifty at games. They they just support our foundation. We got casino night. Uh, it's our big one every year. We have the Hall of Fame gala. We're we're, we're good, man. It, our only our only plight is we wish we had more time, more money to do uh, even greater things and partner with other great nonprofits and continue to do Yeoman's work in our community. We're really proud of what we've done, but uh, it's all because of the support of our fans, our owner, hockey club, and and people like you, man, keep bringing it up. So uh, we'll we'll keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Hells yeah, and I got total respect for goalies. One time, way back when, we were doing a radio promotion, and uh, during the periods, uh, I actually brought a date to the game, and I had to go get padded up because I listeners were going to shoot on me, and they won a prize. So I'm down on the ice, and... Um, you know, I could barely see through the mask or whatever, you know, and then the stars decided it would be really funny to bring out a semi-professional player. And that guy took it really seriously. So he started doing these one timers and all I could hear is the sizzle and I couldn't see it. And then one was coming right at me 
And in pure turquoise style, I, you know, I kind of closed the elbow to the chest and I was like, I'm taking this one. And I took it and I could hear in the crowd the, oh, because it actually knocked me back. And I took <laughs> off the padding and there was a, one of my proudest uh, black and blue bruises I've had. So respect, mm-hmm. sir, respect. I know those bruises are gone away, but I'm sure the memories <laughs> uh, still last. So kudos yeah, and... Uh, Thank you. And continued success. And I'm so glad that you joined us on Spits and Suds today. Once again, support Turco 35, support Kingsville Brewery. And if you see Marty around the AAC, be sure to say hi. You're a beast, man. And I'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, that was fun. Appreciate you, Spitzy. You bet. Do it again sometime. Absolutely, my friend. And thanks for listening to another edition of Spits and Suds. Sean Shapiro joins us tomorrow. And we'll talk NHL trade deadline and more right here on 105.3 The Fan.